This week, what's new for the RV industry in 2024? We recap our visit to the Florida RV Super Show, where all the RV manufacturers show all their wares off. And we're going to tell you what we liked and what we didn't, give you a really in-depth picture of what the Super Show was like. All that and more, this is RV Miles. Since 1912, L.L. Bean has been helping people get outside together. With gear tips and advice for exploring all the possibilities of the outdoors all year long. L.L. Bean's founder once said, if your feet are happy, you're happy. So here's a tip for your winter footwear. Your feet can still sweat even when it's cold. So swap your cotton socks for a merino wool blend. Cotton holds moisture and takes a long time to dry but wool traps heat and wicks away moisture, keeping your toes cozy. For more tips, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com explore. Welcome to episode number 305 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two RVers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, have been crisscrossing all over North America on one epic RV road trip since 2016. Yes, almost eight years we have been RVers. Here at RV Miles, we do talk all things RV and outdoors, from industry news to travel destinations, our national parks, and a whole lot more than just that. This is going to be a great episode. we got a lot of stuff to cover about the, the RV show, but we want to start out talking about the weather uh, <laughs> as you do, but the weather has been crazy lately. Folks have been dealing with some really record cold temperatures. Yeah, it's been absolutely wild. From the fact that there are so many that we know who kind of picked this year to be, I'm going to attempt some winter weather camping and are getting smacked with temperatures that I don't think anyone saw coming. We lucked out a little bit in our experience with cold weather. As you know, we flew to Orlando this year when we flew out on Thursday prior to the show. Well, we'd already had a foot of snow here. The very next day on Friday, another foot fell and then the temperatures just dropped off. This whole section of the Midwest and the North, we're talking highest that didn't even reach zero. I made the mistake of throwing my coat in the truck at the airport parking lot (laughs) as we go to get on the shuttle because I didn't want to carry my coat with me and all that stuff. Who wants their coat at four o'clock in the morning in Kansas City as they're standing there waiting for the shuttle? Who wants a coat? That's crazy. Oh, yes. Very warm Florida. (laughs) There were so many times in Florida that I wished I had it. I know. (laughs) And then I definitely wished I had it on, on the way back because when we came back to Kansas City on the jet airplane, it was negative two or three degrees. It was very late at night. Very, very (laughs) late. You know, if you're not dealing with the snow and the cold up north, well, certainly those of you in the south have been dealing with rain. You have been dealing with severe weather, tornadoes, severe thunderstorms. In fact, everyone who was reserved to boondock at the Super Show, because that is one of the things that you can do at the Super Show. They have several different RV camping options. And for those who were going to boondock, I think a few days going into the beginning of the event, they were getting an email from the Super Show saying, 
you might want to make some alternative arrangements. And they had some options for people. I think they had partnered with a church nearby that people who were boondocking could go to their parking lot. But the fairgrounds, the field where the boondocking happens was so saturated because they had received so much rain that the possibility of getting stuck was very, very real. And so they were letting people know, perhaps you might not want to do this. You know, you're going to get stuck. And then, you know, dot, 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 that's on you. <laughs> We've warned you. <laughs> like, so even as far as down into Tampa, it's just, it's been rain and rain and rain. And certainly prior to showing up in Tampa on Monday, y'all know we had been in Orlando and we'd been at Disney for a few days. And that was rain. That was cold, cold for Orlando. We're talking, you know, highs that are barely cracking the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and like, you know, getting up in the morning and it's 40 degrees outside. Right. I just absolutely wild. This has been an incredible, Incredibly wild weather year. They were um, talking about when we were in Tampa, the last couple of nights that we were there, a cold front was rolling through and they had a wind chill advisory because they're saying it's going to feel like it's in the 20s. Oh, boy. I don't, I don't know how anyone left their house in Tampa. It feels like <laughs> what's funny in Florida is like you go down there and the Floridians, if, if it's like... 50 degrees outside. They've got like parkas with fur-lined hoods on and stuff I know. like that. As crazy Midwesterners are like, where are my flip-flops and shorts? <laughs> it was really quite interesting to see just how far this cold snap was like traveling down into yeah. the South. And, you know, it really did impact a lot of things. It impacted our flight to get back to Kansas City. We came back. We left uh, Friday of the show. We did not stay through the weekend. We left oh, on wow. Friday. And we had a flight that was to go out of Orlando. So we had to drive from Tampa over to Orlando, which is not a big deal. It's a little like hour, 15 minute drive. We had a flight that was supposed to leave at eight. Then it got moved to nine. Then it got moved to 930. Then it got moved to like 942. And then it became 10. Then it became 1030. And we did not actually get on the plane until 1110. That plane was coming from Albany. And of course, all of the Northeast was being hit again with really severe winter weather. So we didn't actually get into Kansas City. We left Friday at 1110 and arrived Saturday morning at 2 a.m. And then we had to drive 45 minutes to your parents' house. Well, then I had to go out to the remote parking and get the the truck. And thankfully, I didn't have to clean much snow off of that. I guess that it was cold enough that the snow wasn't sticking to anything. Um, But I had to go go get the truck in like negative three degrees without a coat. Yes. Um, The shuttle was warm. It was fine. But like... I was thankful for the remote start. <laughs> a mess. It was a mess. It was 3 a.m. before we got back to our yeah. my parents' house. And so when we left on Friday, so it had started to warm up in Tampa and Orlando when we left. When we left on Friday, it was probably like close to 70, I think maybe was the high. We did a like 73 degree temperature swing between the time we left Orlando and the time we landed in Kansas City. So when I walked outside for the first time to get in the truck with the luggage, I almost just turned right back around and went inside and was like, I live here now at this airport until the weather warms up because that was 
brutal. So kudos to all of you who had to suffer through that whole, I think, week of yeah. just, I mean, my mom bought Snuggies for the kids. <laughs> like they had, they were all wearing Snuggies oh, around we, my parents' house. We had set the the thermostat in our apartment to 50 degrees. Yeah. And it took forever for it to get up to like 60. It ran for hours and hours. <laughs> and of course, the whole time I, I've been very worried about the RVs. You know, very worried that did we forget something in there that could be damaging like is it just too cold for the rvs are the you know battery all of that stuff i've just been really really anxious about but it is still even too cold too icy to anything to even try to get over there and take a look like i know everything's fine but i i just i need to go like see it for myself <laughs> i need to know that bexy and sabre freezing is okay. freezing once it's frozen it's like what you're concerned about is when it thaws, then you're like, it was if well, something did freeze up that that shouldn't have been in there, and then it thaws and it's cracked or whatever. Yeah. You leave a bottle of water or something. Let's get over yeah. there before the temperature starts to warm up because that is coming. I mean, in Kansas City, by next this time next week, they're going to be close to like 52 yeah. degrees. Yeah. It's crazy so anyway just be really continue to be like weather aware you know we've talked i feel like ad nauseum about this over the last year but weather weather aware is so important whether you are stationary in one place uh over the winter you're constantly moving in your rig however you're traveling right now or not traveling even if you're in your sticks and bricks right now just really be mindful of this weather it has a mind of its own. There is one piece of news I wanted to share. I just thought this important for anybody to hear if they're heading to the Northwest Pacific Northwest and they're interested in visiting Mount Rainier National Park. It has been added to the list of the parks that are going to have timed entry reservations this year. So parks like Glacier and Yosemite and um, Arches, Mount Rainier is on that list now as well. So if you are looking to head up there, you want to figure out all the the ins and outs of that because it's just a, you know, a certain corridor of the park, you can still get to part of the park. But if you want to visit Mount Rainier, you're going to want to do a little extra planning before you head up there. And I think you'll probably include a little bit more on this in the yep. next news from the parks episode, which you can find over on the America's National Parks podcast or we do put it on the RV Miles YouTube channel. It just comes out once a month. Jason rounds up everything that's happening in the National Park Service because it seems to change every single month. So if you want to keep up with the news, especially if you've got a big trip planned this year, you're going to want to go over and subscribe to that podcast too. All right. A lot to cover from the Florida RV Super Show where our predictions correct or not. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into all that in just a moment. We'll be right back. Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox designs and manufactures the best towing products in the industry. Just look around. You'll find them on highways and campgrounds and anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Award-winning tow bars, base plates, and brakes. A full line of weight distributing hitches. Adjustable ball mounts and a new line of fifth wheel hitches. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit BlueOx.com. This episode is sponsored by the ParkWolf app. Ever found yourself in the heart of a national park surrounded by beauty, but unsure where to go or what to see? 
That's where ParkWolf comes in. ParkWolf is the ultimate app for exploring national parks. As you drive, the GPS shows you what's coming up on the road and an audio guide will fill you in on what's there so you can decide if it's worth a stop for you or not. Gas running low, looking for a bite to eat or a bathroom break? ParkWolf's got you covered. It keeps track of the nearest gas station, restrooms, food, and pullover areas. And the best part, it works without an internet connection. And if you're a wildlife enthusiast, you'll love ParkWolf's wildlife maps and sighting notifications. So before you set off on your next national park adventure, download the ParkWolf app for your iPhone from the App Store. It's your ultimate guide to national parks. We're back and it's time to talk about the Florida RV Super Show. Again, this is one of the two biggest RV shows of the year. And the reason that is, is it's one of the two, besides the one in Hershey, Pennsylvania, that is run by the manufacturers. All the rest of them are put together by dealers or uh, you know, a third party that brings in dealers, but they're basically dealer-led. Um, this one has a bunch of dealers at it, but the manufacturers pick their dealer partners to come into the show. Um, and this is often where a lot of new stuff is shown at the at the show. And Hershey is another time of year when that happens. So Hershey is in September. So that's usually when the new model year stuff shows up. And the Florida show is when stuff that didn't quite make it to her, she wasn't quite ready, ends up showing up. And, you know, there are a lot of RVers already down in Florida this time of year, so it becomes a very, very big show, and it was. There were over 1,600 new RVs on display at the show. We did not see all 1,600. I would love to meet anyone who, even if you were there all week, who could make it through all 1,600. <laughs> that and, doesn't seem possible. <laughs> and I say that not because I actually think it could be possible if the layout of the yeah. show made sense. So if I had a, the biggest takeaway, the biggest note that I could share with the manufacturers, that I could share with the Florida RV Trade Association, which is who puts on this show. They host this in several shows across Florida all throughout the year. If I could share my biggest note with them, it would be Y'all need to come up with a better floor plan for this event. This is not just me saying this from a media perspective of trying to get around to see things. This is numerous times passing people, hearing them say, stop, we got to look at this map. I don't even understand where we're going. Do you know how, where we can find this? How far away is this going to be? Why? You know, just- yeah, you hear them like on the cell phone with each other being like, oh, I'm over by Optimum <laughs> RV, which is a dealership what? chain. And the, like Optimum has like, you know, like 15 different spots around right. the show. Or let's go over by the toy haulers. There's toy haulers everywhere. There is no organization whatsoever no. except sort of by brand. So it's kind of organized by brand, but kind of not because some brands have like Heartland had uh, a whole section in the middle where they had most of their fifth wheels. And then they had their toy haulers all the way towards the front. And I don't think that's Heartland's choice or anything. It's, it's just the way it is. Like forest river was in four different spots or whatever. It, it, it's very hard to have any sense of knowing where anything is at a place like this without just wandering around or going to look at smaller brands that, you know, only have a few rigs at them. Right. If you're dealing with someone like Keystone who has the Keystone Reptiles, they have 400 floor plans at Keystone. I think Uh, they, you know, they have a big central section in the midway 
And then they had some stuff inside and like, it's just all over the place. And I, I don't understand why these grounds are so haphazardly laid out because it should be a lot easier. And maybe there is some rhyme or reason to this when they laid out that we're missing, but this is our second time here. And this was just as confusing. And I do think that some of the smaller brands or even inside the big, large Keystones or Heartlands or Jayco's uh, or Forest River, even some of the more smaller boutique inside those big brands, I think those get lost. They do. And I also don't really love the way they treat all the suppliers um, and the, oh. the, you know, the booths that have yeah. all the stuff, right? Um, so what you'll see is a bit of that stuff out with all the RVs. And usually those are people that have like, those are businesses that have latched onto other businesses to be there because there's just no availability. Part of, part of the weirdness of the layout is sort of a lot of history. Brands have like first say of their spot based on like seniority and how long they've been there. And if you drop out, then, you know, you've, you've got to, you, you got to refight for a spot. Right. But all of the, all of the booths, all the little suppliers, a few of them are sprinkled around. Like we, we saw the folks from electric e-bikes. They were with, Keystone because they were partnering with Keystone. So they got to be out on the main midway, but the rest are shoved into two buildings and these there, there is like a bigger building on site. So like they've got this big building with like some of the super premium class A's and there's a lot of space around them. They've they're roped off their view by appointment only stuff. And they've crammed all these suppliers into this little room that we have, you know, you've got to be shoulder and shoulder to get through. It's a little frustrating because I, f I feel like all of those folks are a big part of why people come to these things. They want to see all the little gadgets and stuff and, and perhaps buy some of them that might be good for their RV life. Don't play. They want the swag. Or the, or the free stuff. The free stuff is good, you too. You saw all those bags for all those RV resorts everyone was walking around with. I think, too, that... Uh, and I know we're kind of starting with maybe some of our critiques of the show. There's a yeah. lot of positives to get to. But I think these are some big things that we really wanted to make sure that we touch on. And one of those is I do feel like the suppliers were done a dirty. There is one of the buildings that they get put into. I think it's the supplier A building, which is actually the show building It when it is a fairground. Like a show barn. Like a yeah. show barn. Yeah. Yes. And so when you walk into this building to go and learn more about these suppliers, you are smacked in the face with farm smell. Yeah. Like you know that livestock has spent more time in this building than the human has spent in this building. And the smell is dominant. And I kind of think that does those suppliers a dirty you know, because you, uh, I did not want to stay in You know there. what I, I noticed too? Like, so the bathrooms are like, the, the bath, some of the bathrooms there are ridiculous. Some of them are fine, but like, like for, especially for like men, there's like, <laughs> the, the urinals is like you you have to touch the person next to you I like don't. you're you're shoulder to shoulder pushing up against the person next to you i don't know how y'all uh, do that but, that is just but too like much for in me. that building the the bathrooms have like window unit air conditioners that blow out into the main room so like the 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 exhaust so the the cooled cold air goes into the bathrooms and the hot air exhaust 
and smell goes out into the main room. That building <laughs> was never designed for dozens and dozens of booths yeah. to be put in there for people to be uh, sharing their product. Those buildings were always designed for livestock. Yeah. And I think that that is one of like the biggest disservices of this event. It is so large and there are so many suppliers and we know several suppliers who couldn't get space. And so they ended up trying to find other ways to partner in order to get space or just didn't get space at all. Big big folks. Like big folks that really should have had some more visibility at, this event then that you have that off of the the main building the main entrance you come in and you're smacked with prevosts and you know appointment only rigs and uh excuse me it's prevo oh oh really yeah it's prevo oh see i don't even prevo. know that because that's how never in my world one of those will it's be french it's sort of like you know Flagricultural Center for Damien, if he's listening. <laughs> Our friend Damien saw the sign. The sign for one of those buildings is FL Florida Agricultural Center or something. I can't remember the third word. He and thought, he thought it said flagricultural. So in in fairness, fine. he was standing at an angle. It's so. fine. No, um, Prevost, Flagricultural. <laughs> we're all here to just enjoy but RVing. Look, so th- this show is if you are looking to buy an RV and you just want to see a ton of RVs, you want to see everything out there, you want to see everything new, and you're in Florida area, this is this is the show. This is the show to go to. But you don't have to go to a place like this to see all this stuff. You could do the same thing. But for instance, like all these dealers are Tampa area dealers, right? You could go to Tampa the following week and hop around the dealers over a couple of days and have all the rigs to yourself. Or this weekend, (laughs) you could just come out to the Kansas City RV shows, see a bunch of RVs there. And while you're there, you'll get to see RV miles because we are going to be at the Kansas City RV show this weekend doing a few seminars. And I know our friends over at Switch It Up are going to be there too as well. So there's going to be a lot of fun to be had. So if you're in the area... (laughs) Talk about the absurd, absurdity of what they have done. I we can I you, yes so, so we can. So I, Todd yes, and Sheila should. at switching up at switch it up. If you haven't checked them out, they're on YouTube, um, uh, and they've been you know one of the fastest growing YouTube channels, and they have partnered with spacecraft. Who have they not partnered with, actually? Well, they've partnered with a lot of people to get this done. So they're doing. They've got a real big project. They have built a. I think it's a 55-foot fifth wheel. Sure. Custom fifth wheel that is <laughs> essentially enormous. for events. Uh, it's, got, it's got three decks on it um, so that they can have bands or they can you know, have speak from them and overlook a crowd or whatever. Very. It's, lots of Evita <laughs> moments can happen with this thing. An LED screen. Big, big video screen. Uh, and it's so big and heavy, it's got to be pulled by, <laughs> by a heavy-duty truck, like yes. a semi-truck. So Todd had to get his CDL. <laughs> well, he has it. Yeah, he has it, but he doesn't know how to. He actually doesn't know how to tow this. He's thing never yet. driven, He's never driven it, yeah. but he does have his license. Oh, like I didn't he, know he got the no, license. No, I believe already. he does. I, I'm almost positive that he has it. I think I saw something in um, the Switch It Up. Well, Facebook he's, he hasn't learned how to drive the truck. I don't know how he got a CDL without learning how to drive it, but he's well, gonna. <laughs> I think he didn't. I don't think he. I think he has it, but I don't think he's driven this okay. rig attached to the truck. I know he told me he's not driven the truck either. Oh, then you know what? (laughs) 
I, listen, I'm not up on all the news with those guys because it's changing every single second. So maybe Todd has it. Maybe Todd doesn't have it. The, I don't know. I, He's going to need it regardless. Apparently, this thing is also going to be at the Kansas City RV show. And, I, oh, and you'll see Rumor it has it. We're going to be doing our seminars from one of the decks. Uh, and I was like, how about instead we just do like Romeo and Juliet <laughs> or maybe I'll just we just do some Evita because this is this thing is just it's um. It's a show in itself. I will be eclipsed if I try to give a seminar standing on one of the decks of this 55-foot fifth wheel. Now, this is all, again, if you're not familiar with Switch It Up, we encourage you to go get to know them. This is really uh, their attempt and their effort to further the community, community and the events that they do. And everything at the heart of Switch It Up has to do with community. And so, mostly in-person events. Yes. In, yeah. And their need to have something that will serve their community and, and what they're trying to do over there. It was getting harder and harder to find. I'm jealous. I'm not jealous of the size. But <laughs> you, I, want to try, <laughs> you want to try to find storage for that bad boy? I, I don't know. So that was there. Of course, there was a, a lot of other... Um, a lot of other content creators. Yeah, we got to see a lot of people. Meet yeah, a lot of people that we haven't seen in person. Yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, and we're gonna talk more about that. Some insider baseball, what it means to be media and content creators. We're gonna dive into all of that in this week's detour, which is the podcast after the podcast that we do for Mile Marker members. So if you are interested in hearing more about that, or even just the dozens of other short little 15-minute episodes that we have of Detour, you can become a Mile Marker member. It's $7 a month or $70 for the entire year, meaning you're going to get two months free. We have our live events over there. We've got some upcoming events happening in person. And of course, Detour that we just talked about. We have a private Facebook group. You can get a subscription to RV Today. There's a ton of stuff going on over there. So if you want to go check it out, you just go to rvmiles.com slash mile markers. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can click that link that's going to be in the description. Uh, and the same on the podcast. There'll be a link there as well. So that's so, what's happening at Detour. So uh, top sheet yeah. news headlines from from the Florida RV Super Show. Was uh, our predictions? Well, yeah, it should be, were we right? Uh, did, did we... Call it. We were I guess. we were certainly right that there it was a lot of stuff uh, that was this sort of the word we are we are growing to disdain a little bit this decontenting. Um, so these lines uh, of RVs that a lot of brands have been putting out now that are a few less frills, few a few fewer frills. Yeah, <laughs> Is that how you say that? Uh, <laughs> Fewer frills and uh, and and lower prices. Uh, so those we saw, those were kind of front and center, like lining the lining most of the aisleways and stuff. We we're seeing uh, a, a lot of those, so we were spot on on that. Yeah, and I would say for anyone wondering how you can tell those apart, price obviously is going to help. But the buzzword for all of these is generally going to say all access. So this seems to be the popular way of saying this is the decontented stuff that we have. We saw a lot of brands use the all access or access or like word. essentials only or yeah. or so, essentials, yeah, that kind of stuff. A lot of a lot of ways to convey that this is going to be something that, you know, they feel still meets their quality. 
but it doesn't have a lot of the bells and whistles, which is absolutely fine with us. We saw a return. No, I think it's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we saw a lot of return to rigs, even in the higher outside of the all access. We saw a return of a lot of rigs back to buttons. Not as many touchpad systems. Except for a whole, a big ex- opposite whole- <laughs> example of that, but we'll, we'll yeah, get to that. For in a, a brand new one that's a, been two and a half years in, in the making. In a moment, yeah. But for the most part, across the board, there does seem to be a return to uh, basics. It's like fewer, simpler it's, it's simpler stuff. And, and that is always good. And I, I feel like a lot of these sort of decontented RVs, they weren't like built in a different way. It, 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 you know, of course this varies by brand, but some mm-hmm. brands like their line of, of these might have fewer windows. It might have uh, fewer slides. It might have might not have a headboard, you know, in the on your bed. Yeah, you know, it just might be the wall there instead of you know some sort of decorative piece. So um, most of it isn't like the way it's built. No, it's like it's literally they put less stuff in. Um, but I, I I did notice too that a lot of these models, you would think a lot of them would be sort of the old stick and tin type of mm-hmm. trailers in particular, where you've got sort of the corrugated aluminum side, that's going away quite a bit. Now you, you may see it come back, but there's, there is not a lot of that stuff going on right now. And um, a lot of that, if, if it hasn't moved back to fiberglass is sort of like a plastic siding, like, um, like grand design does on, on their baselines and the reason for that is aluminum has gotten very expensive. Aluminum has gotten expensive enough to the point where it's actually cheaper to do like Asdel and, and Luon's also gotten expensive. Um, and Asdel is the composite replacement for Luon. It's a thin plywood that gets put on the walls underneath fiberglass. So you're seeing a lot of Asdel composite walls with fiberglass, which is a type that, so that's a type of build that is, is, not prone to delamination. So when you see like bubbles on like a fiberglass RV, um, Asdel is not prone to that because it doesn't expand and contract at a different rate with the fiberglass. So having that full composite setup in some of these cheaper brands, I think is really great. You know, one thing we didn't see this year, and I actually like that we didn't see this in the 2024 show, there was no big earth shattering wow factor here for us, I should say. You know, when we were there in 2022, we saw two new EVs, RVs, or two new ERVs roll off. So Airstream did their all electric one and then Winnebago had their van. And these were both prototypes. Prototypes. Um, And nothing along that front. Yeah. Nothing electric at all. So that we was a prediction we missed here. Nothing. Nothing. Le- yeah. Well, no, I take that back. We weren't wrong. We had one new electric that we were aware of roll off and that was a liner. Well, but that's, that's but, electric inside. So there's a, there, that's a different trend. And I, and that yes. is something that we did see a decent amount of. And that's a trend that I don't really like where it's like, we're moving away from having propane on board at all. Right. And it's only electric inside. So we're not talking necessarily here about like electric drive trains, but there is a bit of that going on too. Now where people where where brands are putting in 
for instance, induction cooktops. Yeah. And for something like a small A-liner, I can see it working, although you don't have a lot of room for solar on the roof with something like that. It's a little bit of a give and take. So in 2022, we saw Volta. They partnered. They did that big class, or they did the big uh, toy hauler fifth wheel that they had tripped out with all that solar and and all those batteries. electric vehicle that could go in the back of it. It was like like an electric military vehicle that you could plug in in the back, and it was... It was wild. I think we've seen the evolution of that where we're putting it into a little bit more practical use. And there were a few brands this year that are continuing to really try to drive practical solar use. So, you know, A-Liner coming out with their, you know, all solar, um, their all solar little travel trailer. A lot of brands, I think, are just, they, they just, since then have figured out a system now where it's like expandable. So they're putting a base level of solar and batteries in at the factory Mm -hmm. and they've made it much easier to expand. So it's less important for them to talk about at the show. It's basically like you get an alliance, it's going to come with 320 watts of solar or whatever, and it's expandable up to 900 or something, whatever. Right. And that's just what it is. Now, the next step in all of that, I would say the biggest technological advancement we saw this year at the RV show would be the new Winnebago View 24T. Yeah, so this is a it was an interesting rig in the first place besides of the the technical advancement thing that they're doing with it. This so this is actually going to be new state nomads if you're familiar with them. It's going to be their rig for a little while whether they're sort of on a journey of finding the right rig for them. Um the this the Winnebago View is a class see uh on the smaller side think echo yeah and, and the the view 24t is a new floor plan where it has a murphy bed in the middle of of it over the sofa so when that murphy bed is up it, there's so much room inside mm-hmm. this small rv and you just pull the murphy bed down for travel days and i know a lot of people don't like murphy beds but i think this is a great way to do it where it's sideways instead of sort of top to bottom right and on the sofa where you just have you don't have to do much to clear stuff out of the Mm -hmm. way and all that sort of stuff and you get this wide open sort of space i really loved the coloring on it they did a great job with the the paint job in the interior oh that copper backsplash is like a hammer stunning please do more of that they had and and on that sort of propane electric front they this this rig has a a propane burner, one propane burner, and one induction burner. So you get the best of both worlds. You run that propane uh, when you when you don't have a lot of electricity to spare, uh, and if you do, you run the induction. It's brilliant, a really great solution. And nobody uses more than two burners at a time in an RV anyway, no. especially do, a small one. <laughs> your four burner propane stove will never be a selling point for me. Yeah. Ever. No. All I will see is you took a counter space away. We still want the big oven. Still <laughs> yeah. give us the big oven. Yes. But we don't need don't, four burners. Don't need four burners. Give me more counter space all day. Well, you know, long. I, I know it's very common in uh in European kitchens to have an electric burner along with your propane burners too. Yeah. And a lot of chef's kitchens, because there are just some things that electric is a little bit better for, and there's something that propane is a little bit better for, or, or some sort of, you know. Fossil fuel, but but the the innovation here that they're working on with this unit, and take that word uh, with a grain of salt, is a 
is a unifying system that they can use across all Winnebago brands to control everything. So they there's a touch screen in in this rig that uh, has access to show you all of the different levels of your tanks at a really granular level, which is nice. So you can see your, you know, your tank is at 37% instead of one third, one th two third full. Right. <laughs> and you can see your propane levels, which is nice and uh, fresh water and all that sort of stuff, your battery capacity. Um, but what they've really tried to do here is, is built a wholly integrated system that allows you to access your rig wherever you are. So you can access it from a cell phone um, from halfway across the world if you want to. And you can have um, it, it perform all the functions that you need it to perform. You can have a remote technician dial in and, and look at it and see if there's anything that they can fix from that end without having you go into a service appointment. But the the sort of bigger picture of this is they're trying to build a really smart system that does a lot of the smart home things where you can, you know, you can say your home and it has your pre-saved lighting and, and, Don't say and, it, and set up all that sort of stuff. I'm not going to say I, it. I, I, Don't. Will, I will say we, <laughs> Don't we get say lots of comments from when I was saying, Hey Google a lot. <laughs> Don't say I it. I just said it. There we go. You did, but we um, don't say hey here. We say okay. They both work. I oh, keep really? telling you this. They both work. So if I say, hey, Google, turn off all the lights. Oh. Yeah. Oh, the hutch isn't available well, right yeah, now, Our everybody. video light is not, yeah. you know. On the okay, Google, turn on all the lights. You keep saying the hutch isn't available, though, but you turned it off and on. No, so. no. I turned the hutch is hutch is not available. The, hutch I know. is not available. It's not being turned on and off. I do that every morning. You can tell the light is different in the color no. and everything. No, I'm perfect. Yeah. That. It'd be great. Anyway. So. <laughs> Sorry, we just did it. You might not have it. seen a difference, but like our lights all did turn off. They did. Anyway, it's you know, stuff like that, but beyond that, what they're trying to do with this system is create something that can be a little bit smarter about things like energy management. So say it's hot in your rig and it's kind of cool outside, but it's just hot because you're in there, you're, you're, you know, you're cooking and stuff like that. And you've got your thermostat set to whatever your thermostat set at. Well, it'll start bringing in cool air from the outside instead of turning the air conditioning on to sort of save on power. Um, it, it will it will just be smarter about where it grabs power from depending on what your hookup situation is depending on what the solar situation is at the moment how much battery capacity you have all that sort of stuff it'll also get to know you as an rver so as it's monitoring your tank usage uh be that as you're filling or depleting fresh it starts to get to know how you use your water consumption yeah so and instead so of can... saying like it you have like 30 gallons left what it'll say is you have 30 gallons left which should last you you know four days based on your usage yeah, yeah. so it does kind of get to know you as the user uh one of the things you talked about being able to kind of check on your rig from anywhere now this is something that we're able to do with the tesla and i really like that you know when we were down in florida we just we had the Tesla up here parked, and we just kind of wanted to check, make sure everything was going on okay with it. And we were able to dial in yeah. and check on the car. 
Yeah, and, and as you get like with the, even with our Ford, I can yeah. I could start it from our phone, like yeah. and I can I can't do as much granular stuff as I can with the Tesla, but I can see you know how much fuel's in it and and stuff like that. So let's bring some of this technology. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense to bring some of that technology, especially into the motorhome world. Yeah. So I. I'm really curious to see how this is going to go. It's also going to feature pet monitoring system. So a lot of stuff you won't need to get aftermarket. It's going to be built right into Winnebago's Connect when you get the rig. Right now, this is only on the view. The idea is, though, that over time, this will begin to roll out to all of uh, yeah, Winnebago the, the, brands. All, everything. So they want to yeah. roll this out everywhere. And it, it might not look the same in all of them. So in some, it might they might not have as big of a screen or they might not have a screen at all and you have to use an app or whatever. Now the flip side of this all is sometimes RV manufacturing um, uses cheap components and stuff when it comes to this sort of stuff. And, you know, we have seen lots of folks have issues with like, they've got all their slides for instance on a touch screen and that mm-hmm. touch screen goes out. Then what? then you can't bring your slides in and out. Now, some of those systems are designed to also have buttons as a backup, but not all manufacturers use that. This this unit, by the way, did have button backups for everything. But the screen stuff, if it gets more robust, like it's very robust on most modern vehicles now, mm-hmm. right? If you have a any vehicle, it doesn't need to be a Tesla. The Tesla pretty much runs on the screen but any modern vehicle, the screens have become way more robust and reliable. So if so, the, really the proof is in the pudding. If Winnebago is is really doing the right stuff here and and putting the right components in, and the software is isn't buggy and and all that sort of stuff, then it could be great. I'm optimistic. Yeah, they've spent about two and a half years developing this, so this was not a quick turnaround. And they did uh, seem to spend quite a bit of money based off what he quoted us overall that they spent. We were able to talk to the developer of this and kind of really get an inside look at everything. Mm -hmm. And I know you talk more about it over on this week's news video. That's also a recap of the RV show from a news perspective. This is obviously our opinions on what we saw at the show. I think if if they've spent the time over the last two and a half years doing it right, that this has the potential to be a base layer for everyone across the board going forward. And we might start to see more of this happen uh, with brands developing their own, as opposed to shopping that out to say Lippert and having Lippert do it for them. And, you know, some will be better than others. You know, that's the thing yeah. that it's going to come down to. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how this goes going forward. I'm, I'm really interested to see how it goes. I did like, I did like that it was very user friendly. Yeah. Um, so we got to play around with it a little bit. And, and it's it, a beautiful coach. Yeah, and yeah. the design inside of this classy is really, really lovely. So I just from a design perspective and an innovation perspective of how everything was laid out, I really liked that. And that I think segues really well into another positive for me that we saw across the board and continued, I feel like listening to our viewers is we saw a lot of rigs. The majority of rigs now are starting to develop and really think about two big things that I feel like we and 
all of you listening have been talking about and asking for three, I should say, for years. Trash, toilet paper, laundry. (laughs) Where do those three things go inside that rig? And we saw time and time again, dedicated laundry space, drawers, or actual like toilet paper holders on rigs, actual cabinet drawers that come out for your trash, both in kitchens and in bathrooms. Yeah. And and basically a better sense of like organization overall. So it's like, there's a lot of like taking the hidden spaces that, that were just vacuums before Mm -hmm. and, and opening them up to become storage for all the different things that you might need, including trash laundry and, and toilet paper. So yeah. I I really thought Keystone was doing a really great job of, of great this. Great job. I thought Sabre did a really mm-hmm. good job with it as well. Over the if you are following us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, or Facebook, all of them, I guess, threads, then you've probably seen over the last week that we're rolling out some reels where we're highlighting some of these things. So we didn't do a whole lot of rig walkthroughs. My goal for for us, for RV Miles, as we covered this from a social media standpoint this year, was to really find things inside rigs that we felt elevated the RVing experience or the rig itself. Yeah. And so over the next several weeks, I'm going to start putting all of those out. You're going to get to see kind of things that as we were going through these rigs, what caught our eye about this. And to be honest, a lot of it is going to boil down to organization and use of space yeah you know we've all seen those sort of like pull out spice rack type things Mm -hmm. that are that are deep and skinny um it really helps you get back to the deep part of a cabinet space so we've seen them in rv kitchens before and stuff and now we're seeing them sort of like very large floor to ceiling we've seen them in bathrooms now so you can have a space to put all your your soaps and and makeup and toiletries and stuff in a bathroom. It's it's the little stuff like that 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 makes a big difference. I like I said, we saw a lot of that on, on Keystone units yeah. in particular. But also, I want to give a shout out to Heartland who who took it a step further and they actually partnered with a um, with like a, a home organization company based out of Tampa. They were called Sorted and Styled as their name. And they actually had them come out to the show and give like tips to people about organization. Uh, but then they had them do like an, an organization of one of their Corterra fifth wheels so that you could actually see where stuff goes inside your RV and kind of get a feel for like what your pantry might look like. Let's do more of that. So we were yeah. talking about this just it, as we were meeting people and, you know, just you chat about what you've seen at the show. And we realized this is staging When you go to buy a house, when you go on a house tour, that home is staged. It is set up for you to be able to see what does this space look like? Where, you know, what are the possibilities of where the table might be? Or how is the space used? It's staged in order to, I think you, you tend to, when you see something decorated up, you tend to gravitate towards it maybe a little bit more than when you do, you see a blank space. Just, I think that just depends yeah. on what you're buying and who you are as a yeah, buyer. And when it, it, sometimes it just takes you over the top of being like, okay, oh, this is how I can solve that problem. Yeah. And I, I do think for our viewers, 
when you are coming into a space like that, especially first time buyers who have never kind of had to figure out how do I put everything in here and where does everything go to have it staged for you so that you can see how the pantry might be used. So you can see where you might hang your coats and your hats and your backpacks and how the bedroom is going to look and where you might, you know, how you're going to use that closet or the shoes, the extra shoe storage, just your day-to-day life kind of staged in there. I really think that it makes that rig feel like home. It just kind of makes you feel like you can see yourself there. And I thought that was really cool. And I would love to see more manufacturers work with companies like that at these bigger shows. I thought that was really smart of Heartland to bring them in and then also have them do a seminar about how to organize small spaces like this and utilize the space. So again, good for them. Practical innovation seems to be a continued yeah. theme this year. And Nothing a, blowing our minds, but we're all being really smart and practical. A real, another big, real practical one that that I think a lot of people um, thought was really one of the winners of the show is there, uh, the Keystone Montana that they have built a, a an e-bike garage into. Winner of the show for me. So this is a it's it's a couple's fifth wheel with a sort of rear living space and this there's a slide that has the sort of entertainment center in it right where your your tv and 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 some pantry stuff and all that can slide in and out um and in in that slide behind the tv and entertainment center and all that is a is basically a closet for e-bikes so you can access them from the outside when the slide is opened up from a door and they've they've partnered with Moride, which is a manufacturer of sort of like uh, they do like stairs and running gear and handles all sorts of uh, stuff for RVs. And they've, they've built this e-bike lift to help you sort of ramp them in and out very easily. You could use it for regular bikes as well, but what makes it really for e-bikes is the e-bikes are heavy and it helps people that, you know, can't lift an e-bike up that high up. And it also has a spot to charge them while you're going down the road. It is very, very smart. It's a great flex space. It is big enough. I would say that it is probably how wide do you think that space is? Four well, feet? Well, it, not no, not quite. No, it, it was wide enough for two e-bikes. And then, and then maybe and, one more and bike. And maybe one more bike if you just wanted to put one up there. But it also had in there cabinet space and a little bit of desk, sort of if you had your tools or it was kind of like your yeah. shed space. You yeah. know, it was a real flex space dedicated to having outdoor gear accessible outdoor gear that you are going to want to get in and out every single time. And having having had e-bikes and had our e-bikes from Baja all the way up to Alaska last year, our e-bikes are really, really heavy. That was the biggest downfall. Silly on us because those e-bikes are amazing. And we got the heaviest of heavy ones too. We, <laughs> we didn't, did. we didn't get, we didn't get so, electrics light model. We're like, they're no, amazing. Give us the premium. They're amazing. Yeah. But we had to get a ramp to get them ramped up into the truck. And frankly, it wasn't something unless we were going to be there for several days that we really wanted to get them down because of all of the work that goes into putting a ramp and the ramp that's not really designed for e-bikes. This ramp that they have designed with more ride that Montana has done, 
it will strap, you bring that ramp down and you actually will strap those e-bikes into the ramp before it helps with hydraulics, then help lift it up and slides into the slide itself. So the ramp actually slides into the slide and it is so smart. He did a demonstration for us. He took them off and did the whole thing on his own. And you don't have to fully collapse the e-bike. You know, um, with electric, you have that option where the handlebars will come down, but then sometimes they will fold in on themselves too and they become like a big yeah. square. You do not have to yeah. do this You don't here. have to have a folding e-bike at all. You can no. have a regular shaped bike. Yeah, yeah it's, it was really, really smart. And it, I think it can also be used, you know, for... You could not have that installed too, and have it be like a place for kayaks or whatever. Sure, it's, it's it just could be sort of a multifunctional it's space. A great flex space. I really want to encourage them to try and develop this in rigs that are built for families as yeah. well, because this yeah. is a couple's coach. I'd really like to encourage them to keep going with this. I think families will be really, really interested in something like this. It's always, especially when you have a family of five. And you're trying to figure out five bikes. Yeah, especially with the fifth wheel when you're when your bed is being yeah. used up by the fifth wheel hitch. There's not a lot of great places for for bikes. Yeah. A dedicated space for your outdoor adventure gear that you can is not going to be like with a toy hauler, you don't have to take it all out in order to enjoy the space. It just lives there. I think was really smart. And one of the, we met with Nick and one of the things that Nick said that really stuck with me was that they did a lot of research on this and they saw a need. They saw a need that they were hearing from e-bike owners over and over and over and over is where do we put our e-bikes? This is, this is really changed for a lot of people, giving a lot of people access to more mobility when they're in the campgrounds and being able to use e-bikes. But the need of how do we, transport these is, is really, really strong. E bikes are incredibly popular right now. So I appreciated that they listened and heard a need. And then they went out in this first step and solved it. And I hope that they continue to solve it now uh, for more than just two people on the road. Yeah. Also on the fifth wheel front, I want to give a, uh, a shout out to one of the coolest things I saw on the uh, supplier side, and that is Anderson's new fifth wheel hitch. The Anderson Ultimate fifth wheel hitch is—it's an extremely controversial hitch. You know, we have one. Oh and, boy, and, he just and we took love his. It. I took glasses. Hey, off. note for the audio: he just took his glasses off to talk about this. So this is here we go. So, here we go. <laughs> you know, I, I, there there's a lot of talk on there on, on the internet about. Um, whether the Anderson hitch is safe or not, um, because it is a is a lightweight uh, hitch made out of aluminum, and um, there have been a couple pictures of one damaged going around. A lot of them seem to be the same pictures were used over and over. It, but you know they can fail. Uh, any fifth wheel hitch can fail. I've definitely seen all the different brands fail, particularly in a crash. And you know what 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 you consider a failure in a crash, you know is i i i don't know what that is a hitch is going to get damaged in a crash regardless th this hitch has been very controversial and the folks that have them generally love them and the folks that don't warn you that they're super super dangerous and we should we should come out and be clear for those who don't know we have one yes we, we have we've that's... been very happy with it but 
in order to alleviate some of those concerns, Anderson has redesigned uh, the Anderson Ultimate fifth wheel hitch. So it is now a a larger tubing that they're using um, for all the for the four uprights that go to the um, the gooseneck ball um, that you adapt to. There is a a set screw that keeps the ball from doing any sort of wiggling, sort of get any sort of slop out of that ball altogether. There's now a place where you can t- attach your breakaway cable. The whole thing is six inches uh, skinnier than it Ooh. was before, so it takes up a little less space in your bed. They've redesigned the whole center section um, and moved the ball back a little bit. So now you can turn the the hitch can be installed in either direction. So you can move the hitch a little bit forward and a little bit back, depending on the length of your bed and where you want it to land. Plus you have that ability to turn the coupler forward and back that gets installed on your uh, fifth wheel itself. So you have a little bit more play in where stuff goes. Plus they don't have, they used to have two different sizes, uh, height for older model trucks and height for newer model trucks. You had to know what the height of your bed rails was. Now that's all gone. They just have one and it can raise and lower wherever it needs to be for uh, whatever model truck you have. I thought it was a really fantastic looking redesign. I liked the way they talked about it. They took me through the whole thing and everything. But the, the big thing that will help alleviate some concerns is they've taken this version of the hitch through um, a, a real rigorous SAE certification. So uh, it it has been tested, you know, through hundreds and thousands of uses, um, in order to make sure that it is not going to fail and collapse on you. It's aircraft aluminum. Aircrafts are made from the same stuff. Um, you know, a lot of trucks are made from aluminum now, or at least in large quantities. So uh, I'm not concerned about the aluminum thing. But the great thing about the Anderson hitch is it's only forty pounds. Yeah. So you can lift it in and out of your bed uh, very easily, which we've done. A few times. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm really excited uh, uh, for that update to the to the Anderson Hitch. I think um, that was sort of uh, kind of a big low key winner of the the Florida RV Super Show. Yeah, and hopefully that's something we will actually get to put through some paces yeah. later this year. It'd be really great to get our hands on it and take a look at it. They were. I know you walked through it, and I I would say for me too. You know, again, we didn't get to spend a ton of time in the supplier buildings because they were very busy. They've crammed everyone in there. The suppliers weren't really quite ready for media day. Uh, so that made it really difficult. We'll talk more about that in it a detour. It rained a decent amount, which it, causes everybody to run inside yes, at the same time. Yes. You know, it seemed once it started raining, everyone thought it was like acid rain and just ran to get inside, regardless if it was sprinkling or pouring. Uh, so it was it was hard to get to all of the suppliers. I wish, too, that um, we could get more suppliers to reach out and, and push their product and let people know, let us, the media, let the media know, like, what do you have there because we'll come see it and we will talk about it. It will end up in the news. I think that was a big thing. And again, we'll talk about that in detour, but that was a, a, a big disappointment for me because I had had this hope of really trying to highlight some suppliers at the event and there just wasn't enough time. I just couldn't walk to every single person and not know what I was going to encounter, who I was, you know, what was going to be there. And it just made it really hard to utilize your time well. 
Okay, that was our journey to the Florida RV Super Show. Uh, we'd love to know what your thoughts on are on any of the new stuff uh, in the comments for the video version of this podcast over on YouTube. Or you can leave a comment on the post for this episode in the RV Miles Facebook group. Yes. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll check the level of our tanks. Which will still be about the Super Show. <laughs> so we're not done talking about it yet, folks. Uh, mine, only one of mine is. <laughs> okay, both of mine are. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. On the open road, freedom is measured in miles and home is where you park it. For the modern RVer, the journey is just as important as the destination. And that's where RV Life Pro comes in, the ultimate travel companion. RV Life Pro is an all-in-one platform that transforms RV travel with RV safe routes. You can navigate with ease, avoiding low bridges, weight limits, and those steep winding roads. The interactive trip wizard acts as a personal travel planner, helping to map out adventures, manage stops, and even estimate trip costs. With RV Life Pro, you're always one step ahead, real-time weather alerts and updates to ensure you drive under clear skies and starry nights. And when it's time to rest, the extensive campground directory filled with unbiased reviews from fellow RVers means finding the perfect spot to recharge is a breeze. Travel days can be full of surprises, but with RV Life Pro's offline navigation, you can find your way even when the signal fades. Capture the moments that matter and share the journey with a community that's as passionate about RVing as you are. It's time to elevate the RV experience. Millions have already discovered the RV Life Pro difference. Plan smarter, drive safer, and live the RV life to the fullest. Ready to start your adventure? Visit RVLife.com and use the code RVMILES to save 25% off on RV Life Pro today. All right, we are back and it is time to check the level of our tanks sponsored by Matt's RV Reviews Liquefied RV Toilet Treatment, the no BS toilet treatment. You can find Liquefied in our Amazon store. You just need to go to amazon.com slash shop slash RV Miles. We encourage you to check it out and support our friends over at Matt's RV Reviews and support this podcast. Jay. What is in your black tank this week? Uh, my black tank uh, is, is actually a gray tank this week because I'm not sure what to think about it. Um, oh, okay. So in the middle of the RV show, in the middle of the biggest RV show of the year, Florida RV Super Show, Camping World put out a press release. Camping World is the largest dealership chain in the country and drives a lot of what happens in the RV industry. They just can't be content to let people enjoy a super show. They own <laughs> they good. Just can't. They own Good Sam. Uh, the Good Sam used to be, it used to primarily be a club of RVers, kind of like FMCA. And over the years, that Camping World has owned it, which has been since like the mid '90s, it has moved away from being a club. That they, they also Good Sam Enterprises also owned. Um, uh, Motorhome and Trailer Life magazine, which we know Camping World has, had ended both of those and turned it into RV magazine and has now ended RV magazine. So Camping World puts out a press release last week that is just like two paragraphs long, uh, saying that they are thinking about selling off Good Sam. So now today, Good Sam is their extended warranties. It's their roadside assistance. It's their gap insurance. Um, and then it's an insurance company as well. It's a lot of stuff. And they're thinking about selling it off or restructuring it in some way. We don't know. Maybe we will. Maybe we can, won't was the, was the extent of this press release. Can I ask? Yeah. I, 
we've been in a business now long enough, not only here in the RV world, but also when we had Performing over yeah. in the theater world. I've gotten enough press releases in my life, and I can't ever think of a press release that was like, well, we're thinking yeah, about doing this. We're thinking <laughs> about casting this show. I, I we're think, thinking about... I, I think part of it has to do with the fact that they are a publicly traded company. Sure. And they're trying to, you know, you, when you are a publicly traded company, you're trying to mitigate large swings in your stock price. So you're trying to, that's that's why you they have like earnings guidance and stuff. And then later on, they release the earnings report. They're Fair. trying to trying to keep large swings from happening. So it could mean that like, they're just trying to mitigate that when they actually do make an announcement for whatever it is. I feel like it's testing the waters. Yeah. We're thinking about getting rid of this and then seeing who comes. Let's see if they get any offers. Who comes yeah. biting. So who comes, yeah. Who right. Comes on. And if they don't get anything and it doesn't really meet what their standard is. <laughs> I just said standard. If it doesn't meet what they want. Yeah. Then they can pull back and be like, you know, we thought about this and we think right, we're going to, we're going to yeah. keep it. It's really important to us. But I just, I think by just that one word, yeah. think they're just, they're just waiting to see what's going to come up and nibble. Cause if they announce it's for sale, that could cause a big swing in the stock price. Well, and then they have to stay with that. And they have to stay with it. They, so, it's an absolute. It's for sale. I mean, I suppose they could still walk it back, but it's sure, it's but not it's not it doesn't look as good, right? Doesn't but look as good either way for the is, stock. The, the, there's we've had so many conversations about this over the because it was the talk of the whole show, of course. Mm -hmm. Because what is what is behind this? Because Camping World is still going to sell roadside assistance and extended warranties and this is these services are extremely profitable they make a lot of money on this stuff it's like the profit margin is like 80 percent on some of this stuff so it, it it's wheel and tire protection it's a lot of stuff and and it's their sort of membership club for the store too if you save you know 10 percent off if you have a card and they've got a whole network of campgrounds that you save 10% off at and that sort of stuff. So why sell it off? Um, we talked to some people who think maybe it's like a, it's a financial tool to just restructure some, some different things, some debt and, and, and stuff. Um, a lot of me wonders if the dealership acquisition landscape is just so good right now that they just want to raise some more capital to acquire more and more dealerships because they have they have announced lots of lots of ambitious goals for acquiring dealerships and they have only exceeded those. Mm -hmm. So by the end of the year or sometime mid next year, they're going to be over three hundred dealerships when they were over two hundred dealerships a couple months ago. And just remember, you may not know that some of those are Camping World dealerships. Yeah, because so they just be say careful. you know Jayco of. Kansas City or whatever. Yeah, I'm not going to stop reminding all of us of that. Yeah, like, I, that they is... might be finding that that's very popular and wanting to do more of that. That well, might be part of it because their name's yeah. not on it, and they don't always buy. <laughs> People mean? keep telling me. I keep hearing from folks uh, that like, oh, Camping World bought my dealership, but then they went ahead and closed it, and so it must not have been that good for them. That's the point. Sometimes, sometimes mm -hmm. they want more market share in the area. Sometimes they just want to get rid of the competitor. And they don't want one of their bigger competitors to buy the competitor. The, the, the situation right now is dire for a lot of small dealerships 
who didn't financially manage everything um, in a really proactive way because they're, you know, they, they're paying on a loan for all of those. It's called a floor plan loan for all of the units that are on their lot. And those interest rates have skyrocketed and they have to, they, they have to make that payment every month and that are not making back that money on the sales because sales have slowed. And for some of these dealerships, Camping World is going in there and and saying, "Look, we know, we, wall, we know Paul. your situation. We yeah. know we know you're going in, we know you're going bankrupt in a matter of a month or two. Here's a check. Retire. Go out with some grace and dignity. And it it's it's a compelling offer to a lot of people. Sure. Now there have been some stories in the news lately where it's like." They've been camping world has been rejected and dealerships are like, get off my lawn. I <laughs> um, love it. But, but you're seeing it good about now uh, the other big dealership chains, there's been a little bit of acquisition, but they've actually really slowed down their acquisition uh, targets at, at some of the big other dealership chains. So it's, it's, I, it's a great thing because I don't know what is going on. I don't know why they're doing it, but they're doing it, whether it's about acquisitions, whether whatever it's about, it could be a, it could be a great thing that somebody else owns good Sam, frankly. Um, but I, my, my, my gut is even if they sell it off, they're still going to own like 40% of it or whatever. It's still going to be what they use to sell all their products and everything. It's just a way to bring in a little bit more capital. It could all be smoke and mirrors for something else that's coming. I think it is isn't. Um, incredibly telling that they what, dropped this in the middle but, of the super show. What I don't understand though, is they announced just like a week earlier, two weeks earlier that the end of RV magazine and turning into this wild Sam magazine that they partnered with, that they end up buying or whatever that has nothing to do with RVing. I really. can't roll my eyes so into the back of my head. If you're considering selling good Sam, who was essentially the publisher of mm -hmm. RV magazine, why not sell the magazine with it? I don't get it. Or just sell the magazine on its own. They didn't sell the magazine. They just they just converted everyone's subscription to this art Wild Sam magazine that I, I We haven't heard great things. No, about. I mean people just it's it's not what people paid for. No, I think that's kind of the weird thing about this Wild Sam too, is that it's gorgeous. No was, it's a beautiful magazine. It's just not them. Yeah. Right. And no one was really given the option. To continue this subscription, no. of course they're not going to give you the option because they don't want to give you your money back. Yeah. But it's so far removed from RV Magazine that you have to wonder, is no one concerned about the loss of readership? Yeah. You know, that's not the magazine that at least the people that commented, of course, the people that are displeased with it are probably going to be the most vocal. But when this was shared in the news... The majority of people that spoke up who had it said, you know, yes, it's a beautiful magazine. No, I will not continue my subscription of this. It's not what I want. There's nothing about RVing in here anymore. And that's sad. I, it's weird, too. You have a, a business called Camping World with a magazine that has nothing to do with camping. Yeah. So there's just a lot of... I, who knows what Marcus Limonis is thinking over there? He, there's a lot going on. I'm sure he'll let us know in the comments. Because <laughs> let's not play. He reads all this stuff. So it's just, it's interesting. I can see why it's a gray tank. 
it's weird to me they put it out in the middle of the super show, but then they ended up dominating the conversation, which is probably what they wanted. So yeah. there you go. PR done. What is in your fresh tank this week? Uh, so my fresh tank was, so we're at the show on, on the, the media slash industry day, which is the day before the show opens. Really, it's the last day of setup. Like everybody's still setting up stuff and media and industry folks are allowed to be on site and, and go through the units and all that sort of stuff, which is great for folks like us so we can do uh, some shots of RVs without a bunch of people in them because there's a lot of people there. Um, and it's great for, for like dealerships who aren't at the show. Uh, some of them are there to sort of see the units and, and decide what they're going to bring to their lots and all that sort of stuff. So at media day though, there's a lot of meetings of dealers going on, getting pumped for the show starting. They bring a, a lot of the dealers bring in folks from around the country. You know, if you've got, you've got general RV there, for instance, general RV has like 13 stores or something like mm -hmm. that. It's the general RV of the not of yeah of tampa right sure no, or Kissimmee or wherever whatever. the closest yeah, general yeah. rv is is the one that's at the show essentially and they're but they're bringing in some of their best salespeople from around the country uh to to sell at this show and uh i overheard a certain uh brand's dealership meeting and we were just kind of walking through and they were all circled up and mm -hmm. and talking about you know approaching the customers and how that was all going to go and the conversation I heard is something that I haven't heard um, ever. And that was basically don't lie to the customers. They know more than you about this RV. <laughs> and I was just floored because it's, I've known that's true for a long time uh, because we're all on the internet researching about the stuff that we want to buy. But they were very trying to be very cautious, telling their dealers, don't get caught in a lie. You're just going to lose the sale. That is the worst thing you can do because these folks know what's up. And if they don't, the other person that's in the RV knows what's up or whoever it is. Right? Somebody knows Somebody what's there up. Somebody there knows what's up. And they don't will yes. lie about anything. Just say, I don't know, but I'm going to find you that answer. Like that was exactly what yep. they said. I don't know is, is acceptable. And you find somebody to... to answer the question for them. So, hey, kudos to the RV community yes, for, for being smart, for being smart, but being so smart and being willing to speak up that dealers are taking note now and saying, don't lie about that. Also, the fact that you have to say, don't lie about that. I know it's kind of ridiculous, mm, but you know, it's telling. Yeah. So. I mean, I, you see a lot of these people that are out there to buy that, um, they act like dummies going through the rigs too, just mm -hmm. to see what the dealers do. They they yeah. test them a little bit. I'm not a fan of those <laughs> those undercover like videos that get put out. Oh, not stuff in like videos, that. but no. like I'm just talking about folks who are like looking to buy and they want to. They're just kind of like yeah, reserved I mean, a little bit about what they're going to say. But yeah. you know, also own the fact that you know what's up and have yeah. that conversation and, and let them either say they don't know that and get you the information or let them, yeah. I guess dig their own hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. What is in your black tank this week? Okay. So my black tank is uh, a trend that was happening at the super show that neither you and I were big fans of. And we noticed uh, with some dealers there that they were putting stickers on rigs that would say things uh, like best in show. Uh, and it looked like it was a ribbon really similar. Like if you were at a 4-H, you know, or at the state fair and you were winning best in show. There is nothing like that that happens at the Super Show. Yeah. No awards are given out. 
No one is best in show. No one is best family rig. Um, some would say show debut or... The the worst one I saw, I mentioned this on the news video. The yeah. worst one I saw was the one that sold, said top seller. Oh, And right. it was a brand new unit debuting at the show. And show debut is fine to an extent. I think that's a, that's that's a a good use of it. I think it's like okay, this is something new. Yes, I think though that um it I think it's used where you think oh it's a show debut, it's a brand new rig. It's like it's the brand new floor plan, the, the whole thing. No, it's just the first time that this one's been brought here. <laughs> and it's been around for a while. So it's making its show debut, but that's just because that's what they chose to bring. There's yeah. nothing special about that. And so these stickers were everywhere. I'm sure they weren't trying to be, you know, deceitful. They're just trying to find more ways to advertise and and amp up their their stock of what they have for you. But Best in Show is a great movie. <laughs> It is not what is happening at the Super Show, though. I do think the show should do something like that, though. Well, they can give us a call. We'll be glad to help them with that. Yeah. But I also don't think they should because I, you know, I, I don't think this should be a competition like that. Yeah, I it doesn't. Do, it doesn't need to be like I mean, best. It I don't could know. be now like I'm, now. I'm talking myself out of that. I'm like, oh wait, maybe that is a good yeah. idea. Maybe we should have. Best in Maybe show, we should just. Innovative. We don't need to. We don't need to partner with anybody. We just do. Maybe we give out awards. Maybe, RV Miles top pick. Okay. And we'll have the stickers pre-made and we'll hand them to them. <laughs> hey, look, big truck, big RV does it. Okay, so he's 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 got stickers. Okay. <laughs> that say big truck, big RV top pick. <laughs> just be on the lookout, Hershey, when we come. And maybe we should. Maybe you know. Next year when we go, maybe we do, when we come back and we sit and we have this conversation, we announce what we think was best in show. That will require us to look at a lot more rigs, though. I know it will require manufacturers to be more organized and send out press releases and uh, try to get us to come over and look at their stuff. When it says says XYZ is at booth 700 and 700 and there are no numbers on the map and there are no numbers on the ground. I don't know how anybody finds anything. Y'all where's booth 700. Nobody knows. It is. Nobody knows. Anyway. Anyway, what is in your fresh tank? Uh, My fresh tank goes to our meet and greet. The people who, not the meet and greet itself, but actually just the people who attended the meet and greet that we hosted on Thursday during the super show. We walked in uh, thinking it was just a meet and greet that, you know, we were going to be able to mingle around and talk to everybody and just be real chill for an hour that people could come and go as they would like. And that is not necessarily the case. Um, so they had like chairs and then a long table in the front. Just where, set up like a classroom. Set up like or a, a classroom. Or <laughs> a wedding. And so I walked in and I was like, oh boy, this looks like we're supposed to be giving a talk and people are sitting at these seats like, they are expecting us to talk. So that is not at all what Jason and I wanted to do because we... Or we would have, but we just weren't prepared for it. <laughs> well, sure. But no, I we didn't want to do that. Yeah. We wanted... This was... And we had said all week that this is the, an opportunity for us to meet you. Yeah. We want to meet you. Yeah. Like, we don't ever get to do that. I don't ever get to see who's on the other side of this camera or the other side of this microphone. 
So this was an opportunity for me to meet you. Well, if you're just sitting in a chair the whole time and I'm just talking, well, that's, that's not but a meet and greet. <laughs> thankfully, you very quickly thought to open it up for questions and it yes, went really well. It did. Um, and and I, we got lots of great questions. We did. And that's really why it's yeah. my fresh tank because uh, spur of the moment, we wheeled our chairs out front with everybody. So we're not sitting behind this table. We wheeled our chairs out front and we said, this is a Q&A and we're just, let's ask each other questions and let's just talk and let's have a good time together and let's have some laughs. And some of you, all of you had exceptional questions. Some of you really took me by surprise uh, in what you asked. We had someone ask us what our favorite roles were from theater from the time we were working in Chicago theater or, or some of the things that we did that we loved. That's the first time anyone's ever asked that question. That was awesome. We had one woman call us out and be like, now that you guys have a studio and you're getting organized, are you going to bring see America back and really put us right there on the spot to answer that? And I loved it because we are, um, a house divided right now on whether or not that podcast is coming back. It's not. It so, is. So it might in some way. We do not have the time anytime soon to make that happen so, until well into the future. I just thought I wanted to just say thank you and use my fresh tank to say thank you to everyone that came out there. It was a really incredible turnout. And we were so excited to see so many RV Miles community members and then to see so many mile marker members and to give out stickers. Y'all, we had stickers. Okay. We've never, outside of homecoming last October, which is when we made these stickers, we have never attended a single event where we have given out a sticker. And I, I walked to every single person in that room and I was like, I don't care if you're a couple, you get a sticker and you get a sticker. And if you want more stickers, you come up and get these stickers. So I don't have to take them back to Milan. And it was great. Y'all were great. Thank you so much for spending time for us, with us. And uh, it was really wonderful for Jason and I to be able to meet you. So thank you for uh, meeting us and greeting us. It was awesome. All right. That's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. This very short episode <laughs> that we really were like, oh, let's make it a short one this time. 45 minutes. Yeah, that didn't happen. I'm reading 122 on the camera right now. So that's fantastic. But if you are enjoying RV Miles, if you enjoyed our discussion of this super show, we would really appreciate it if you would head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star review. Help put RV Miles in front of a whole new generation of listeners. If you want more RV Miles, more Jason and Abby, consider becoming a Mile Marker member and joining us for all the fun perks there, rvmiles.com slash milemarkers. But until next week, please stay safe. Please stay weather aware and keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.